You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 96, and today we're talking about you reaching your full potential because you're worth it, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Thanks so much for joining me here today. I am super stoked to be hanging out with you and I'm super grateful that you are hanging out with me. Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself and that would be a little bit weird. So I am really looking forward to bringing you today's interview with Colin Boyd. I've known Colin for quite a few years now. We met through a a business group that we were in. We had the same mentor and I've been wanting to interview Colin for quite a while because he is someone who doesn't just talk about what he does, he lives and breathes what he does. There's a saying that people say, if I could just help one person, then I know what I've done has been worthwhile. Have you ever heard that? And have you ever said that? Because I call BS on that. Seriously, we are here to help as many people as possible. We are here as entrepreneurs to change people's lives, to help people solve problems and to make an impact. And seriously, what kind of impact would we be making if we only impacted one person? So I want you to start to think bigger. And that's what I'm talking about with Colin today, about really tapping into your potential and working through the times that feel tough to get to the other side. Now, Colin helps experts, course creators, and coaches to speak confidently on stage to sell without coming across pushy or salesy. And he's obsessed with creating step-by-step strategies that anyone can follow to become confident and powerful at speaking and selling on whether it's a live stage uh, at a conference or a workshop, whether it's a webinar or whether it's even a video or a Facebook live. He's been a keynote speaker for over 10 years and he brings a depth of experience that few have. And we talk about his background how he evolved his business, how he got to where he is today. He shares a ton of insights. So let's just dive into today's episode with Colin Boyd. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Colin. It's super awesome to have you joining me here today. Oh, thank you so much, Samantha. It's a pleasure. Now, you've got a lovely Australian accent, as we can tell, but where are you joining us from at the moment? Calling in from beautiful uh, Newport Beach, California, and uh, it's just come into summer here, so the weather is stunning. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so jealous because we're, we're in winter here. And I was just saying to a friend yesterday, for 10 years of my life, I never did winter in Australia because we always went to Europe or the US. But now that my husband's in corporate, 
we're all, we've been here for the last three years and I'm not enjoying being, <laughs> being here in winter. <laughs> I've heard it's getting cold. I have yeah. heard it. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, for me, since moving to the US, because obviously we were like in Newport, the weather is unbelievable. Like it's literally like I don't even look at my weather app anymore because it's like every day is going to be perfection. It's actually mind-blowing. Oh. So. <laughs> So good. We're going we're gonna to go into that story a little bit. But right now, I'd love you to share what is it that you, your business, what is it that you're doing right now and the kind of people that you work with? Specifically, I really help like coaches and experts to speak and sell on stage. And so really giving them the confidence and the tools to get on like a live stage or run a workshop or it could be a webinar, just any sort of stage where they want to speak in a way that sells. And that's kind of my obsession. And yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been speaking for over 10 years as a professional speaker, but really like discovering that my obsession is teaching people to speak in a way that sells, that leads to more business, et cetera. Nice. Before we get into more about that, there's a really cool part of your story that I want to share and I want to share it for some specific reasons. I met you, I think we've known each other about maybe six years now when you were also living in Sydney. What, what was it that you were doing back then? Because you were still doing this, but it was slightly different. Yeah, well, I was very much like the classic time for money thought leadership style business. And so, which was good to a point. And so, for example, I would go and speak at a large corporation like a HP or a Fuji Xerox or something like that. I'll do their conference and then I would coach some of their executives and then I'd run a like two-day workshop in the corporate and I was kind of flying around and then, and then that was going great. And like we were earning like, you know, pretty good money. And, you know, like I was, I was fairly happy in general. And then we had kids and then things started to really shift because I realized, wow, when I'm away, like I really miss, miss like seeing my son at the time and we've got a daughter now. And then that was, that was when I really started to question how I was doing business. And for me, I mean, six years ago, I hadn't seen many other ways of doing business. I was kind of taught as a life coach, a really kind of classic time for money coaching, which was fine. Like, I feel like I actually think a lot of people should start that way. Personally, Mm -hmm. I feel like it gives them a foundation of understanding their clients, understanding their problems. But it really got to a point where I was I was so booked that I, I felt like I was almost going to have a, like a nervous breakdown. And I remember sitting in a hotel one day and realizing that like what I was doing wasn't working. And I was looking down, I think it was, I had a contract in Tasmania and we were doing two weeks on, two weeks off. We we're flying the whole family back and forth. And I was delivering four workshops a week, nine to five yeah. with the like, leaders and executives in the room and it was it was like intense workshops and I was was looking down the funnel of about like 50 days of delivery over like a two-month period or so it was out of control oh my goodness and we were just talking before we started recording about how exhausting it is running you know a two-day event and you're doing this like four days a week like seriously even a two-day event you know the the brain power and the energy that it takes when you're giving your clients absolutely everything 
like I'm, I'm on the couch for a week after that. I couldn't imagine doing it four days a week. <laughs> oh, it was, out, it was out of control. And I'm an extrovert as well. And so I feel like what I've kind of discovered is that you really need to look at your personality and match your business model to your personality. Mm-hmm. Because now being over in the US, there's a lot of guys and one of my mentors, he's like very much digital entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. like he kind of, he didn't want to talk to humanoids at all, right? That was why he started <laughs> started the digital business. And so when I met him, I was like, dude, you got to start running live, live workshops. And he wasn't running like any live workshops or anything like that at the time, barely any. And, um, and then now he's kind of integrated them in and so forth. And so I think you kind of have to look at your model and go, what, what type of personality do I have and what's going to work for me? And I realized that even though I'm an extrovert, I, I was like overworking the extrovert muscle um, and I didn't have enough breathing space in there. And so, yeah, that was when I kind of made a big change. So what was that, you know, that line in the sand moment? Or was it a, a sort of a stop? I can't do this anymore and change overnight. Was it a transition period? How did you come up with the idea of, you know, whatever it was that you were going into and I just can't do this anymore? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I felt like I'd been climbing up this mountain and I'd summited and it was it was like a, it was a crap storm up there. Like it was. <laughs> I, we I, can I, laugh I about it now, but. <laughs> yeah. And a tornado would hit like it. I'd like a big hurricane come over the top. And so I, it really just wasn't what I thought it, what I thought it was going to be more from the perspective of, I was emotionally bankrupt from the sense of I just couldn't give anymore because I had so many clients. And I, even at that time, I think I had 15 one-on-one coaching clients while I was delivering the four oh. days a week. So it was like, oh, it was insane. literally out of control. Like, yeah. yeah, it was insane. And so that was when I, I mean, I'd, I'd been kind of told by other people that selling digital products was really hard or it was kind of like a dumb way of marketing and all that sort of stuff. And I, I actually went to a Brennan Bouchard event. It was his mm. first Experts Academy in Sydney. And he jumps on the stage and he, you know, he flaps around like he does on stage. He's just hilarious. You, have you seen him live at all? I've never seen him live, but I know the exact <laughs> Experts Academy you're talking about. <laughs> yes. The guy's out of control, right? He's, he's, he's like running. He literally looks like a Muppet on stage. And it's so funny because all the Aussies, like, you know, he's used to his American audiences and we're all just standing there, like not even clapping barely and just going... <laughs> I can just imagine all the Aussies like sitting back in their seat with their arms crossed going, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, like, what's wrong with this bloke? It was so like that. I mean, by the end, he had everyone up on their seats, like just loving it. But it was just so funny because that was his first event he'd ever done. But I remember that event changed my life because he introduced me to this idea of creating like a blockbuster online program. And I'd never kind of seen that before. I'd never seen the possibilities. And so I created this online program. It was my first ever, like I would say legitimate online program. And I tried to sell, I tried to launch it and it just flunked like big Mm. time. I sold one product and I was so disheartened. I I think I'd spent like $7,000 on its development and I'd invested in all the funnels and everything and I sold one product. So I was like negative like six and a half thousand dollars, you know, yeah. in my launch. And I was like, I, I don't know how to get this thing to work. And then I started to sell like a few here and there into corporations. It started to kind of open up. 
And then I remember the day that changed my life was I got asked to speak at a conference. It was actually at the Acer Arena. I don't know what they call it now, All Phones Arena in Homebush. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It was like a big business conference. So one of the biggest kind of arenas in Sydney. And there was a client who brought me in and they said, we're having a big business conference. And I said, hey, I've got an online program that couples beautifully with this topic I'm doing. Would it be okay if I share it as a next step to the audience? And they like really loved it. And we actually decided to, to work out like a bit of a partnership split with a, like a profit split. Uh-huh. So I'd yep. never done this before. I didn't know what was going on. And I did my presentation. At the end, I did a pitch. And then we ended up doing $128,000 in a, it was about a 35 minute presentation. Yeah, nice. And I remember like at the time that was like, you know, half my year's salary I'd uh-huh. done in, in one presentation. And I just, I remember just thinking, what on <laughs> earth just happened? Like what, this is just a fundamentally different way of thinking. And then that really opened me up into like, how do I speak more and sell more and, and then started running webinars and running more leverage group, group co- coaching programs and masterminds. And so that was kind of the journey for me that opened up Pandora's box of possibilities. Oh, I love that story. Were you still working with the same people or did you have a slight shift with who that ideal client was from the corporations that you were speaking to and the people that were taking the digital product? One thing that was kind of like I started, I started to get known for in Australia when I was over there was, was scaling online products into corporations and mm-hmm. I hadn't seen many or I did to be honest I didn't know anyone who was doing it and what my business model started to evolve into was I would come into a workshop you know they pay me my fee like two or three days of fee and then I would usually at least add an extra 50% or sometimes even like double my invoice in online programs into the corporation and so that was kind of my business model and I realized that I could deliver almost half the amount of workshops and make just as much money in my business if I had this like, I call it the blended model, which mm-hmm. is it's a combination of online and offline delivery. So, you, yeah, you deliver the workshop, deliver the keynote and you sell the online program as the implementation to the decision maker as you go in. And so that particular model that, I mean, I started doing that about five years ago and that changed my life. And so that really kind of opened things up. And then even I remember HP called me up and said, Colin, can you do a keynote in Dubai? And I didn't want to go over there. I think there was like a conflict of stuff that was happening with our timetable. And I said, how about I shoot a video and, I, and we do the online program with it? And they like loved it. And I ended up charging like four times my keynote fee. I didn't have to fly. And then they played the video and then they rolled out my online program on the back end of that. And it was just like... It just, my, my thinking just started to expand so much because yeah. I was so in that linear, I have to deliver a workshop, I get paid for my time and I would justify it and say, this is great, I'm getting great money because I was, you know, in one day you can earn as much as you would in a month of working in a corporate, yep, yep. but it was like still capped. And so that was kind of transformational for me. I think that, you know, what's singing out to me as you're telling that story is that we can get so caught in, you know, we know what we know and, you know, just keep going down that route. And I'm very much into experimentation because when you experiment and just like take away 
the, you know, this is the outcome that it has to be. Why don't we just try this thing that exactly what you're just saying there, new opportunities open up that you didn't even know existed and go, oh, hang on, that's not, that's not what I thought it could be at all. And it just takes you down a whole new path of, of possibility. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's why I think it's so good being involved in programs. Like for me, you know, we're involved in a, a, pro, a mastermind program over here. I know you run a program, you know, like for me, my obsession is like, yeah, like expanding my thinking. And every time I was even, I wrote a newsletter to my group this, this week, I was like, every time I was looking back that I decided to not join a program or like not invest at all and thought, right, let me save some money this year. Uh-huh. My, my revenue would either flatline or it would just kind of like you know decline even yeah and so yeah that's been a big one definitely developing myself continually yeah totally and I couldn't agree more and I think that a lot of that is also the people that you meet in the room and hearing what they say we had a conversation on one of our group coaching calls yesterday and one of my clients said you know I want some feedback on this thing can I just email it to you and I said no what I actually want you to do is pop it up in the group so that we can all see it I will do the you know I will go over it with you so that everyone can see that because the opportunity for the rest of the group to see what's happening is amazing in the sense that you don't know what you don't know and that that could open up a question that someone else didn't even realize they had. And, you know, that's what I love about group programs. It's what I love about masterminds is that you're tapping into someone else's genius and someone else's uh, perspective and way of thinking. And it can really break apart, I guess, the old stories that we tell ourselves, like, for example, you have to do it this way. Yeah, it's so true. Like we just ran our mastermind event like uh, last week for our mastermind and we've got some launch specialists and I wouldn't call myself a launch specialist. Like I know how to do it, but these guys like just kind of opened up even my thinking around, yeah, yeah like how to do like live launches and all that sort of stuff. It, it just is amazing in that so way. Cool. Absolutely. So cool. So you were doing this thing in Sydney and <laughs> now you're in the US what happened there? What happened in the middle that made you decide to pack up a family of four and move them to the other side of the world? Yeah, <laughs> Look at your face. Crazy. If you're watching on video, you can see Colin's face right now. But. <laughs> it's honestly crazy when I think about it. Yeah. Um, I think the most dangerous question you can ask is the rocking chair question which is mm. when you're sitting in your rocking chair, you know, 85, 90 years old, looking back all over your life, and you're considering something that you want to do, you know, would you regret not doing it? You know, like would, would the question we asked was when we get to the end of our life, like Sarah and I, cause Sarah and I run our business together. Would we regret not at least giving the U S market a go? Like whether it's successful, like you can't control any of that. It was more just like, if we don't go over and at least give this a crack, would we regret it? And we were like, yeah, we really would regret it. I would feel like I didn't truly go after my potential. Mm -hmm. And so despite all the fear, you know, and everything, we just, you know, we kind of got focused and, and uh, got the visas sorted and set up the LLC over here. And we headed over and, and once again, like, because we had an online business as a core part of our 
our business because then it kind of developed into we, we started creating some great partnerships. And so we have a business partnership with a large business community. And this is like another stream of income that we've been, been able to build. And they sell our online courses for us. Um, like literally this wow. month, we've done almost 100 units in just this month. Oh, so it would be like the month of June and then a little bit into July at the moment. And we do like a revenue split with them. And so like it, that helped us transition to the US because I had literally had zero clients mm. in the US. And so it was a massive faith journey, definitely. And I remember we landed, we had two weeks in a Airbnb uh, just near Newport and that was it. We, we didn't know where we were going to live. We had no credit history. Like it was wow. actually mental. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and like the banks over here are like fully hardcore around like all credit and just like identification. And I remember chatting with this. It was this crazy moment. I was chatting with the bank manager and I said, I want to open up an account. And he said, oh, do you, what do you have? And I said, I gave him all the details. And he said, oh, that doesn't qualify. You can't open up a bank account. And I said, well, what else do you need? And I said, oh, I've got this letter from the IRS saying that, you know, I'm the business owner and like we're officially in the US and all this stuff. And he said, oh, no, that's, I can't use that. It's not on my checklist. And I was like, okay. And then he said, I, he was like, do you have a letter from your employer? <laughs> and I, I'm, well, I'm that like, would be me. <laughs> yeah, I literally said, I'm like, you made a letter from myself to myself. <laughs> and he goes, Yeah. So did you do that? Yeah, I said, well, give, <laughs> give me two hours. So I went home and typed up a letter to myself and uh, I got it signed. I got it signed by my accountant who's just down the road and then we're, we're good. We we're ready to do oh, business. <laughs> that is actually hilarious. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so funny. It's crazy, crazy, crazy story. Now, since you've been over there and, and, and I really, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while, you know, I've talked with you and Sarah a few times since you've been over yeah. there. And I think that it's so amazing that you've just, you know, picked up your family and moved to the US. I mean, I moved from Adelaide to Sydney and I thought that was huge. <laughs> you know, you've taken, well, not compared to moving from Sydney to the US. And, you know, I know just what it took to move cities. And for me, it wasn't even like the logistics was nothing compared to the mm -hmm. stories I was telling in my, you know, telling myself in my head and the fear around what if, what, you know, what if, mm -hmm. and I had an online business too. And then I'm like, seriously, they've got these things called planes. Like if I need to go back, I can just like get on one. It's not actually that hard, but it took me, you know, a bit to get around it. So for you, you know, what were those challenges? Because logistics is one thing, but that story that we tell ourselves in our head, that's a whole different mm. kettle of fish, right? Yeah, it definitely is. I, I think that um, a lot of people say they want something, like they say, I really want something, but they really don't want it. Like they're, well, they're not really committed to it. Mm, and so people say, oh, I I want a business or I, you know, I want to, you know, earn this amount of money or whatever it is. But really, whatever you have in your life right now is actually what you're committed to. Mm -hmm. And so, I found that because a lot of people said to me at the time of, you know, they reach out on Facebook, they're like, you know, we want to move to the US and all this sort of stuff. And like, that's fine. Like, they, I, I, I'm sure they do and they're on their own path. Like, there's no judgment. But I've just seen so many people say, I want to do this or I want to do that, but they never actually make a decision. 
They never go full commitment to it. And I mean, you know this with starting and growing businesses, it's, you have to be fully committed and it's that action that backs it up. And I find the the cycle for me is commitment, which is like an action. Then you get good at it and then you feel confident. And so that's the cycle. I talked about exactly this same topic last week, that you don't have confidence before you take the action. You don't have clarity before you take the action, that those things only come from taking the action first. And I agree. I see too many people dipping their toe in the water, like standing back, just reaching out, dipping their toe in and going, oh, no, not just yet, not just yet. And, you know... 10 years down the track, are you still dipping your toe or are you just going to jump in? And, you know, it's never as bad as what you think it is, right? Oh, no, it really isn't. It really isn't. And I know, like, even with the last launch of our new program recently, I would say that's the first time I've really gone all in on something. And, you know, that looked like me reaching out to, like, influencers that when I was in Australia, I kind of wanted to meet, like, even if I could meet them, that would be amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. Then I, and, and then I ended up being able to, um, we, we didn't affiliate with anyone, but I was on like, you know, pretty much 10 or 12 fairly influential like podcasts. And that was just from really just taking that action. And I felt yeah. so scared doing yeah. it, like a lot, of, a lot of fear. And so I think it's just that embracing of courage um, that when it really comes down to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that, that's another fallacy is that, you know, that the people that are successful, like those people, you know, the people that are out there that we can't touch, they don't feel fear, but everyone mm. does. Everyone Absolutely. feels fear. And I remember reading a Tony Robbins book one day saying that, you know, he used to get nervous before he went on stage. And that was literally a game changer for me because I'd been talking myself out of speaking on stage because I was so fearful until that mm. point where I went, oh, if Tony Robbins feels afraid, I reckon I can do it, hey. <laughs> I'm the same. Like I feel nervous every single time I get on stage. And because I teach speaking a lot, people are completely like baffled by that absolutely well yeah, I came just from a dancing that. background where I used to be on stage dancing like not speaking but dancing you yeah. know maybe 12 times a year and I did that for like over 20 years and still would be standing in the wings looking at that spotlight going oh god oh god I'm gonna die <laughs> why am I doing this <laughs> So true. Uh, so I'd love you to get. Oh, it's crazy, you know. But uh, but I guess the thing is that when you just keep doing it, you know that you don't die. You that mm. that that nervousness. Um, I almost would be afraid of not being nervous now. Like if I wasn't mm. nervous, would I just be so blasé about it that I wouldn't deliver? It's so true. Best? I don't speak as well if I'm not nervous to a certain point. I actually don't deliver as well. Yeah, because it's like you've got to be on that high alert and, and, you know, be totally there in the moment. And I think if I was Mm. at a point where I was just so like, oh, I've got this, that I just don't think it would be as good. No, no, it's not. Yeah, it definitely heightens you. And I feel like with what I've learned through this move and through even starting a business and everything is that you can actually have anything you want in life. It's just that most people never get clear on what they really want and then – and then commit to doing it. 
And so they kind of have these wish-washy hopes of like, mm-hmm. oh, I hope I can grow my business or whatever, mm-hmm. but they never fully commit. And fully committing means either taking the action, joining the program. I know for me, joining programs has has been a real like, it's like a real decision point because usually it's a fairly solid investment and it's like it represents my level of commitment to myself. Mm-hmm. I was actually saying it because we're a part of um, J- James Wedmore's mastermind. And I remember saying to James the other day, I said, the, the amount of investment, because it's pretty high to be in his mastermind, doesn't represent, it's not about the money going to him, even though he gets it. It's actually about holding a space for me as a mm-hmm. client to commit to myself on a greater level. And when you're making an offer, like as an expert, expert business, you, what you're doing is really just holding a, a commitment space for your clients to enter and to commit to themselves at a greater level. And mm-hmm. yeah, you supply the tools and strategies and all that sort of stuff, but really you're just holding a space for them. Today's episode is brought to you by Business Freedom Mastermind. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner who is ready for more income, more freedom, more impact, but you're stuck and not sure how to make it happen, then this exclusive one-day mastermind event is for you. Now, there's a strict limit of just 10 attendees where we do nothing but talk business, plan for growth, create lasting relationships, and establish accountability for each and every entrepreneur at the table. And you'll get a chance to share what you're doing, the challenges you're facing, and you'll get the personal feedback that you need to move forward and get different results. So head on over to businessfreedommastermind.com for more details. I'd love you. Look, this just this question just popped in and I'd love your take on this. Do you think that there's a direct correlation with the amount that we receive in, you know, I'm going to put in air quotes, good luck in, in opportunities and the amount that we commit to ourselves. And the reason, the reason I'm intrigued about this is that I've spent over a hundred thousand dollars on mentors in the last few years, like the commitment to myself and the, and what I need to do to be in the right rooms is full on. Yet I find that people are like, oh, yeah, I can't even afford that $2,000, but I'm still going to charge my clients $10,000 and then can't figure out why it doesn't work. Do, do you think that's a direct correlation? And I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there is seasons like, you know, sometimes you'll have seasons of heavier investment and sometimes you'll have seasons of a, like a lighter investment, depending on what level of, you know, overwhelm you're at in your life sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I definitely think that there is a correlation because I even look at, you know, the relationships that I have now that have opened up here in the US, they wouldn't have happened if I wasn't willing to commit to myself at the level that that we do. And so, like I said, like the people that I get to, you know, text message now were people I used to go, imagine just meeting them. Like it would be cool to just meet them one day. And now I text message with them. And that's only because I decided to commit at that level. And then that has led to other introductions. It's led to bigger thinking. It's led to like, like tons of, you know, a lot more leads through different affiliate promotions and connections. So I definitely think, I don't think it's linear. Like it's not like, you know, if I invest this amount, then I'll get this return. No, it definitely does not work like that. It's like organic. It's like it's like nature, and you kind of invest in one area, and then like magic shows up different areas of your life, and that's that's how I've kind of I've found it's happened. 
And how have you got clear on your goals? You did mention, you know, getting clarity and not just wishing, but do you have a certain process that that you and Sarah go through to get really clear on what you want? Because I'm sure you hear this from your clients, you know, I, I don't even know what it is that I want. So how do you get to that? How do you get to, you know, get through that subconscious block and get through to the other side? Well, a good question to ask is what don't you want? Because most people are clear on what they don't want than what that what they do want and so you could ask like you know in, you know in one year from from now what don't you want in your business and when you start stripping away the don't wants then the wants start to like appear it's almost like a sifting process and that's that's what i find that that works quite well i do that in our mastermind like because they'll come to me and they'll, they'll be like i don't know what i don't know yeah. what i actually want in my business like what type of business do i want yeah and it's like what don't you want to do anymore and then that really clarified. They might say, I don't want to do one-on-one coaching or I don't want to do this particular program anymore. And so stripping away stuff and then things start to kind of flower out and become clearer. Yeah. So that's, that's what I find. And then obviously, you know, writing your goals clear and stuff like that. Like we've, we've got like a, a planner mm-hmm. thing that we use and, and so forth. So just a plan, you know, having some sort of planner or, strat- you know, our whole wall is literally we've got, till the end of 2020 already mapped out with all our events, everything built into our calendar on our wall already. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally making it happen happen, and having that clear outcome. Cause if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? Yeah, exactly. And I really love the good, better, best process of going, this would be a good level. This would be better. And this would be best. I find that works really well. And the good is like a little bit of a stretch and then better and best, obviously. So that I find that works really well. Every single week, I just get clear on a post-it note of what, what I want to achieve, the three kind of things I want to achieve. Every day, I write out what I want to achieve, the five things I want to do every single day. So just yeah, having some fundamentals in, in place and, I mean, and just valuing planning. We just made our first like full-time hire in the US here as a, like mm-hmm. a US employees come on full-time. Because we've got a lot of virtual assistants in the Philippines, mm-hmm. um, but we just hired a full-time kind of yeah U.S. citizen, and that has really enabled me to scale up the the level of activities that I'm working on now, like higher value activities, to just a whole nother level. Valuing planning is really important, I think, if you want to really move forward. I love that. So since you've been over there, you've really sharpened your message and really honed and I would say doubled down on your on your niche or your niche. Well, I don't even yeah. know. What do you, t- what do you say they now over there? I know. Yeah, they call it niche. I like niche. I said niche the other day. Like niche sounds so much more sophisticated, Colin. Oh, someone said to me, why are you talking to me about quiche? I'm like, no, quiche, niche. <laughs> yeah, in America they say niche. Uh, I think it sells so hard. Awesome. Well, we've got two Aussies here. So yeah, you've really <laughs> doubled down on your niche and I'd love you to take like, what is it that made you really, you know, sharpen that sword and mm. how has that changed or how has that affected your business? Mm. Well, I think for about 10 years, obviously I was, I was paid as a professional speaker and I really had a passion to help people with speaking. It's, it's just been something that I've always loved and been fascinated about speaking on stage. And it was funny because so often 
you're so blind to the things that are really in your giving, like, cause it comes so easy. And I remember there was a lady, her name's Sigrun. She's like an incredible online entrepreneur, like one of the most successful ones in the world at the moment. And she said to me, um, no, I, I said to her, I said, I said, Sigrun, I, I think, I think um, I'm going to teach. I want to teach people to speak and sell on stage. And she's like, what do you mean? And, and I was like, well, that's what I think I'm going to do. And, she, and she's like, she's like, why are you saying that now? I told you that three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> she's from Iceland. She's like really hardcore Icelandic, you know, entrepreneur woman. Yeah. I, I love her. But she's like, she's like, Colin, she gets like real angry at me. She's like, I've been telling you this for three years. Like, she's like, why are you not doing this? And I was like, oh, yeah. And it was just so funny. And then. What, and then since I decided to really focus on teaching people to speak in a way that sells essentially, um, I just had some amazing opportunities, which I was sharing with you before. I had the opportunity to coach Amy, Amy Porterfield. She had an event that she ran her, it was like a B-school event and she sold on stage. It wasn't her first time, but she hadn't done it many times before. And she literally followed our system and did like half a million dollars in, in her workshop. And she came back and, you know, she sent me a video testimonial of it and stuff. Um, and it just blew me away. And I was like, holy moly. And then just recently I got invited into a, like a mastermind, it's a peer mastermind group. And the people in, like, if I mentioned any one of their names, like, like you would just be like, oh, <laughs> like I, it's I holy moly. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not even allowed to mention their names because it's like this like secret little mastermind yeah. group. But I got invited because I niched down. And they yeah. said to me, they said, Colin, we've got no one with this skill set in this space. And I was like, holy moly, like, am I really getting invited into this mastermind? It's like blows my mind. And then, and then just, yeah, just working with a few other, there was another lady, um, Stacey Tushel, she runs, she's building her empire. And she, and, and then she just did a live event. She was like, Colin, can you help me sell on stage? And she did like, I think she did like $80,000 or something like that. And so it's like when you, when I kind of really niche down on teaching people to speak and sell on stage, that's when things really started opening up for me. And so, yeah, it's been really good, really good in that way. I love it. that, And it makes me laugh when you say someone was telling you three years ago, but aren't we all like that? Like you have to just let it percolate and all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, that's what it is. And everyone goes, are you kidding me? came into the station for you because we knew that ages ago. <laughs> It's it's a really funny moment. Eh? It's like you realize the blinding obvious that has been you've been completely blind to for so many years. Um, so, and I think I think this is a big thing. This was a big learning actually. <clears throat> was that I think I always knew that I was supposed to do this, mm -hmm. and because I feel like I'm going to do this for the next at least five to ten years. Like this mm -hmm. will be the focus in terms of really just making a, a mark in the in the marketplace. But I think the biggest thing for me was that I actually really knew that I wanted to do this like deep down inside, but I was too scared to go after it, if I'm really honest. And the reason why is, you know, like we, my first online program that we built, the Sell From Stage, uh, sorry, <laughs> Sell From Stage Academy is the new one. Um, the, it's called Product, Productivity Academy. So the Productivity Academy was my first program, right? And I mean, it still crushes it. Like I said, that's the one that we, we're literally close to a hundred units this, this month. And like, it kills it. Right. 
But that, that program I built because I thought in my head, if that fails, then I'm not really a failure because I don't really want to do productivity. Like I know how to teach it. I know my clients need it. I know I'm good at it, but it's not really what I'm actually passionate about. So I mm. built that to t- kind of test the waters to see if everything was going to be all right. And then it took me a good, you know, five years or so, four years to really go, okay, I'm going to go all in on what I really want to do. And so that was with Self from Stage Academy. That took a lot of courage because it was like, I felt like if this fails, then there's that fear of, of like, maybe I am a failure. And when I that, say fails, it's such an interpretation, like, you know, but anyway. That's so what I was hearing, that it's like, you can, you can, you know, again, air quotes, fail at something that you don't care about and you're just like, eh, whatever. But I think that a lot of us, and I'm going to put myself in this bucket too, we're afraid to really put ourselves, especially as, you know, creatives, put ourselves out there on the line mm-hmm. and bear what is essentially our soul and go, this is what we really believe in. Mm-hmm. Like doing that, that is, the, the thought of failing in that is just, oh, it's, it's huge. And, and I know coming from, a, you know, an artistic background running a dance studio, I used to have to deal with that like, at competitions every year because I would choreograph something and the fear, I used to feel like I was going to vomit sometimes watching my students on stage because I'm choreographing and that's my creativity and that's my artistry. And someone can just sit in the audience and go, well, that was crap. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, my God, it's just like a knife going through your heart. And what was even worse, when the parents used to go, we hated that. And you go, oh, my God, like (laughs) me and your child were in a studio for 12 months putting everything into that. And you've just said that was shit. And I think that's what we're afraid of, right? We're afraid of, it's actually, we're afraid of being personally judged. Yeah. Oh, so much. The, I actually saw, I know, um, I'm not sure. Is it? Have you seen? Is the Brené Brown special released in Netflix? Oh my god! Yes, I have watched it sure. four times. I am in so love with it. I went to that live, and <gasps> we didn't know because it was shot in LA, and we didn't know that it was a Netflix thing. And I arrived, and I'm like, "This feels like a Netflix special." Like I remember saying to Sarah, and and it ended up being the Netflix wow. special. So like. It was amazing to see it live. Wow. But she said this one thing, which you, I know you would have heard, but she, she asked this question, which was, um, are you engineering your life small to mm. avoid emotional exposure, mm-hmm. vulnerability, and uncertainty? And that was really at the core of it. It was, was like I was engineering my, my life small to avoid that level of emotional exposure because I was really exposing my work, like mm. what I was most passionate about. And I, it's so funny because you, you're the only one who knows that because I would say like people from the external would have said, you know, Colin, like everything's going good. Like you guys have moved to the US and everything's, you know, looks great on social media, of course. Oh, it's so perfect. Um, oh, oh, it's so perfect. So perfect always. But really in me, I knew that there was no other level of exposure that I needed to go to. And that was, you know, that was me releasing a new program. And so, yeah, that's, that's been a really big, great learning for me. So for those people that are listening and have just resonated with what we're talking about, because I think this is such a huge thing, uh, you know, that fear of up-leveling and, uh, and that vulnerability of putting yourself out there, what, is, what are some tips or what do you personally do to help you go through that, you know, I guess that glass ceiling, you know, to get to the next level. 
I think for me, it was one thing was asking myself, it's kind of like the rocking chair test of, you know, am I willing to not expose myself for longer and, and stay in this feeling of like missing out on my potential or have I waited long enough? So in other words, am I ready to go? So it's like, do I want to wait longer and stay in this pain of like lacking my potential or am I ready to go? That's one way of doing it. I asked my, asked myself and another one is that commitment competence, confidence cycle is you'll never feel confident. And so that is, you just kind of got to go for it. One thing that we did do that worked really well was we, we ran a beta program. Mm -hmm. And so when we first launched it, this was uh, 2018 around November, I did like a, just a few Facebook lives. And I said, Hey, I'm creating this program. I don't even know what it's called. It's like Colin's super awesome beta speaking and selling (laughs) program. We have no idea what it's called and I'm basically just going to teach you everything that I've learned over the last 10 years in building my expert business um, in the speaking and selling space. And and people just joined like it, it was like mental the conversion rate. I, I think it was like a, it was like a 25% conversion rate of people who actually hit the page. I mean it was a ridiculous price, so right it was like a no-brainer. But but that was for me definitely a great confirmation of of wow like this is this is a thing I could do, but it was what I kind of set it up for a win from the sense of I didn't charge too much for the beta, I was mega committed like the like the offer was insane, mm-hmm. and so like I just gave them everything. I think I committed to six calls and we ended up doing like twelve calls because it was just so much stuff that I wanted to give them. Yeah, and then yeah so. That's been a big one is kind of like doing the, you almost do like a draft version of, of yes. the program. Yep. And so you take off that expectation of the outcome and just going, I can, you know, I'm just going to do a draft, a beta version, we'll, we'll test it and then we'll refine it from there. I think that's such a great, a great tip. And I did that with, with one of my courses, what, you know, we were sharing before that, you know, one of my courses, I did beat it. I actually did it twice because I got so much feedback and I refined it so much the first time that I actually went back and went, what if I did that again with a different group of people? What would happen? And I'm so glad that I did because the course that I've got now, like I was talking to someone yesterday, she went, that is insane what you've got in that program. I went, I listened to every single bit of feedback. I watched absolutely everyone and where they tripped up. And I went, I don't want anyone tripping up. I'm going to put that in and that in and that in. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really great way to get the confidence because you know that it works once you get all of those bits and um, iron iron it out. And the testimonies you get from a beta course mm. are incredible. And I totally. went hard on testimonials and, and we actually ran a testimonials competition, which was really cool. And that was part of our last launch. And so basically we got everyone to submit a testimonial and then they won prizes on the oh, most cool. voted testimonies. Um, there's like a WordPress kind of plugin thing that you can build in. And it basically people vote on Facebook but it's cool. And then you like, you know, you tag the people who watch the testimonies and they become a part of a target audience. And then they're basically getting indoctrinated. They're watching their friends who are, who are similar to them doing a course that's changed their life. And they're like, Hey, what's this course? And I'll vote that for you. Is- what's this course that they're talking about? <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. That's so cool. Now, I know that you've got a really cool resource for people that do want to sell from Sage. I'd love you to share what that is and, you know, what people would, you know, get out of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I had a client come into like an actual pay, paying client for me, come to me the other day and say, Colin, you talk heaps about these like signature stories, um, but I don't know what the hell mine is. And I, I want to know what it is. And I said, well, I can either tell you or I'll, or I'll create a process for you. And so I sat down and create this like process where they, you can discover what your signature story is. And then what's the story that's going to sell your stuff? Because mm. stories sell without selling. Yep. And so if you can discover a signature story that sells your stuff, then it, it's not pushy. It's not kind of sleazy. It just really just sells what you do without kind of, yeah, without selling. And so I created this guide. It's called the Sell With Story Guide. And so if people want it, they literally go to sellwithstoryguide.com. And Sell With Story Guide is just, it tells you the three elements of your signature story, what needs to be involved, and then how to discover it, and then how to tell it. And then there's like a step-by-step process of how they can use it on a Facebook Live straight away. So cool. So, of course, we'll pop that up in the show notes, but that that should be a fairly easy URL to remember. Colin, we've talked about heaps today and, you know, I want to thank you so much because I think that a lot of the things that that we've talked about are so valuable and so pertinent to the kinds of things as entrepreneurs that we go through on a daily basis. But if you could leave us with one overarching or one message that you want us to walk away with from today's episode, what would it be? Yeah, I think what came up for me is is that whole thing of, you know, committing to to go after your full potential that, you, that we only have one life and yeah. you get to the end of the life and you have either given everything or you haven't. And all these yeah. stories that we make up in our head of like what's going to happen if we do something, it's just made up. And so you just, you can make up better stories and get around people, you know, like programs you run that you can get around people that really encourage you and just, just help you to elevate to a whole nother level. And so I just want to encourage your listeners if they, you know, want to start an expert business, it's an amazing type of business to run. I mean, you know it, I know it. And so I just want to encourage listeners that if, if they've got that on their heart and they want to go for it, you've only got one life. So, you know, make the decision you know, test some stuff and then just commit to it and go after it and magic will start opening up. Love it. Thanks so much for sharing, Colin. And thanks for joining me here today and have a great 4th of July over there. In the oh, state. yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that time. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.